God, which is probably a good thing if we look like this. But the kids have been studying this armor of God that we have. And I just wonder, have you armored up? Like we've been studying these different pieces of armor so that we know how to use them in this battle that we are fighting right now. And so we talked about this helmet of salvation. Last week, this idea that we have been saved because of the blood of Jesus. And that God is continuing to save us right now. And we can be hopeful that we will one day be saved. We talked about this shield of faith. That when all the flaming arrows are coming at us, this faith can help us to stand strong. We talked about the sword of the spirit, the word of God. So that we can use it, we can know it, we can speak it into the situations. We talked about this breastplate of righteousness, that God is the one who is righteous. And as we choose him, he then sees us as righteous. Talked about this belt of truth, the idea of no matter what things are coming into our minds, we can know what the truth is that is from God. And we can stand strong about who we are and the situation itself. And we talked about having feet that are ready. They are ready because they're based in the gospel of peace. And so no matter all the chaos that is going on around us, we can stand strong. I'm going to take this off because it's going to (laughs) maybe distract me or you during the rest of the service. But as we're talking about these things, like Paul has listed off this armor and said, are you ready for the battle? This battle that we've been looking at. And we even looked at the enemy going, this is who he is. He is a strong, real enemy, but we know that he's also a defeated enemy. And then that brings us up to our verse today in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And it says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It says, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So we read this text that says, Make sure that you're praying. Pray in all sorts of prayers. Continue to pray. Pray for other people. And in fact, right after this verse, Paul goes into a new paragraph and says, and pray for me also, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains right now. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly like I should. And so there's debates over whether prayer is one of the pieces of armor or not, which ultimately it really doesn't matter because it's important. But you could say, well, it is one of the pieces of armor because we use it in battle. But you could also go, but he doesn't like just compare it to a helmet or a sword. And so maybe it's more than just a piece of armor. In fact, I read in a couple commentaries that it's not only important to make sure that you have the right pieces of armor on, but you have to have the right attitude as you go into battle. I think about this cartoon that I used to watch with my kids as they were growing up called Bob the Builder. All right. The main character is someone named, anyone got a clue? Bob. Hey, well done. Guess what he does? He's a builder. Whoa, he's this construction guy. Man, you guys are on it today. Okay. And so anyway, if you've never seen the show, in every episode, he's got his friends who are these construction trucks and they are personified as people, although they're trucks. And so they're having conversations with him. And Bob will say, here's the task that we need to do. We need to build this or we need to fix it. And so then he'll always say, can we build it or can we fix it? To which they all respond, what? 
Yes, we can, except for Lofty. Lofty is like this crane, and as soon as everyone says, yes, we can, he's always like, um, I think so. <laughs> like every single time, like everyone's, yes, we can do this, and I think so. And I don't know if you've, like, that makes you think of any kind of movie scenes, maybe in a sports or a war kind of thing, when you're all battled up or you're ready for the game and you're ready to go out there and it's like, are we ready to do this? And it's like, no, you know, or maybe not just theoretical, but like in a job you've prepared with a team for some kind of presentation. It's like, are you guys ready to do this? Uh, no. It's like, what? We've done all the right things. Or maybe even studying for a test. You've spent all the time and now you're walking in the room like, I can't do this, okay? Like we have to have, along with the right armor, we have to have the right attitude. And so in this battle, we need to go in it not flippantly and going, this is serious because our enemy knows what he's doing. And so in our text, it says, be alert, like be ready, be on guard, and then make sure that you're praying. Like pray on all occasions. And in fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, the entire verse just says, pray continually. Pray continually. I don't know about you, you might be like, but I can't spend like 24 hours a day with Jesus doing my devotion time. Like that would be scary if I'm trying to drive and do this or like in my job, they might not like that. And that's not what he means, but we may not be able to have that time all the time, but we can be connected to him. At all moments that we are living, we can connect with him. And so on all occasions, before we enter the battle, we can be praying. While we're in the midst of the battle, we can be praying. After the battle, we can be praying. And, and it says all sorts of prayers. So like general prayers, we can be lifting those up. And specific prayers, God, this is what's going on in my life. This is what my heart is. And so I'm lifting this up to you. We continue to go to him in prayer. And so again, I don't know if I would argue that it is or it isn't an actual armor of God. But I would tell you in this motif of basic training and such, that prayer helps us to connect to the commander. It connects us to the commander in a couple ways. One of those ways, it allows us to draw close to him so that we can hear his voice. When we're praying, we're able to hear what he wants us to know. And I don't know if this ever happens to you, that maybe you're at home in the kitchen and there's, you know, you're cooking, so there's some noise. Or you're out in the garage and there's some noise going on. Maybe a television's on or a radio's going on. And maybe it's one of the kids or someone, you know, a spouse in three rooms down. And they're like trying to tell you something. And you have no idea what they're saying. And you're like, I can't hear you. And so maybe they just yell louder or they don't yell louder and say the exact same thing as if that's going to help anything. And you're like, I still can't hear you. And maybe they finally get the point and they come closer to you. And I think sometimes we don't hear the spirit because of all the noise that we've placed around us. It's not because he's not talking, but we don't hear because of all the noise or because of the distance that we've created between us and him. And when we choose to pray, we are able to draw close to God and hear clearly his voice and what he wants us to know. Like you see a whole bunch of this idea of being near in Jesus's teachings. In John 15, he talks about, I am the vine, you're the branches. And if you stay connected to me, you'll bear much fruit. There's this closeness even in prayer itself, when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, this is how you should pray. And he starts out saying, Abba, Father. Like God is no longer this far God away that maybe you've perceived. He can be close and in a relationship with you. There's this closeness. In fact, throughout the entire Old Testament, 
when God had set things up, whether it was the tabernacle or the temple, there was this place called the Holy of Holies that the, that the high priest could go into once a year. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the presence of God stayed. And so there was this barrier between the people themselves and God. And when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that happened at the exact moment was the veil was torn from top to bottom. And Jesus is saying, there is no barrier anymore. You now have this close connection with the Father. And so as I think about prayer, I know that it draws us close to Him because we're able to hear His voice. But it also draws us close to Him because we're able to plug into His power. A couple weeks ago, we talked about we're not the ones with the power. He's ultimately the one with the power. But as we pray, we're able to connect up with Him. And so we offer up our prayers Often, God, will you help in this area or give me wisdom or give me strength, God, or give me forgiveness. Or sometimes it's not only for us. But sometimes we'll pray for other individuals that we know or even groups of people or countries or our nation, like the world, all these things. And we're lifting these up. God, will you, a lot of times it's physical healing. We ask God for that. Sometimes it's a spiritual healing. God, will you awaken their hearts? Will you awaken our nation's heart? Like we're praying for this spiritually or sometimes it's even emotionally, and God, will you just come in and be the healer? And as we look at Scripture time and time again, it tells us to pray with belief, with conviction, that if we ask, we seek, you know, knock, God is going to answer, that we ask in his will, he will come through time and time again. And so when we ask, we need to not ask just going, I don't know, is he going to do this? Like we can pray in belief and confidence. And at the same time, I also know that when we pray, you and I are not the ones that are in charge. Like God is still the one in charge. It's not a genie type of thing that I say, here's what you got to do. And he does it exactly the way you want, when you want it. And so that can be a struggle. In fact, sometimes then God says, no. Like even when I'm praying in belief and God, why is this happening? And Philip Yancey in a book that he writes about prayer says, well, here's some different reasons that sometimes God says no. Sometimes it's because there's sin in your life. Now, all of us sin, but I mean, there's an area where you are continuing to sin and you know that it's wrong. And so God's not going to choose to bless. And if you think about this in human terms, if you were to have kids and they're doing something that you have said is wrong and you've taught them and told them over and over again and they continue to do something wrong, you're not just going to come over here when they ask for this and go, okay, let's do that. If you do, we need some parenting classes, okay, because that's just enabling. But this is what God says. If this is what your life is, I'm not going to come alongside and answer yes when you're directly disobeying me in this other area. So sometimes he says no because of sin in our life. Sometimes he says no because our prayers are just self-seeking, like it's all about me. It's not even a need about me. It's more of a want, and I'm going to use this all for myself. And God's like, yeah, I'm not going to give you that. Sometimes the reason that he answers no is because our prayer is actually in exact contrast to someone else's prayer. You know what? Last Friday night at every single football game, both teams cannot win. No matter how many people are praying, like both teams cannot win. Or if there's multiple people going for one job, you cannot have multiple people getting the same job. And so sometimes he says no because there are exact contrasting prayers being offered up at the exact same time. And then sometimes... The reason he says no is because of how we're treating other people. In fact, in 1 Peter, it talks about, hey, the way that you treat your spouse is also a correlation to how your prayers are going to be answered. 
And if you think about that, like if you are being mean and just downright nasty to one of my kids over and over and over again, I'm not going to want to come alongside you and do some really nice things for you. And the way we treat God's children, people all around us, like if we're continuing to be mean towards other people and just wrong, like God's not going to come in and go, I think I'm going to bless you in these other areas. Like those are some reasons that God says no. And yet then there's also some times that like I feel like I'm praying God's will. I've checked my own heart and like I'm trying to figure all this out and who would be praying against this. And he still doesn't say yes. And I wonder why. And I'd love to be up here and tell you I know every single answer, but I don't. Like, and I even come from a place right now where there's two or three different situations that I'm praying alongside of people. God, will you do this? Whether it's physical or spiritual and praying alongside. And the answer, at least right now, isn't yes. And I don't know why. And there are times that after the event, you can look back and go, okay, I see that God was working here. This is the reason why. But then there's also been moments where even afterwards, I'm like, why did he not say yes? And I don't know. And it's hard. But I do know, based on Scripture, that God is listening. In fact, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, we see this picture of this throne room, and it says, And when he had taken it, it says, The four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the Lamb. Then it says, Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And you actually see that multiple times in Revelation, that here are the incense, here are the prayers going straight to God. And so I know that he hears every single one of my prayers. And so I understand from Scripture that there is power in prayer and there is belief when I, when I believe that God will answer. And so I go to him in that. But in those moments that he still doesn't answer yes when I think that he should, I can take comfort knowing that this battle zone that we live in is not eternal. Like, this is just temporary, and so I'm going to continue to trust Him. And so when I think about prayer, I know that it draws me close to Him because I'm able to hear His voice, and it plugs me into His power. You know what, though? If we were to talk just kind of as Christians, we'd be like, hmm, how many of us have fantastic prayer lives? And, like, probably not people would raise, many people would raise their hands. Like, I kind of wonder, like, why exactly is that? And there's, you know, a lot of different reasons. Or, but, you know, even as we're talking, praying, like, this idea of praying on all occasions, I pray, like, when I need something, or I pray at dinner time or nighttime, or those kind of things. But, like, all the time, and I think some of the reasons are is because, one, we don't have that physical person right next to us, you know, almost in this dialogue. Even though God is there, like, he's not this physical person that I'm able to talk to and hear an audible voice in the instance. I think sometimes it's difficult because we're such an immediate uh, culture and like we get frustrated when we're waiting on the microwave for one minute. It's like, come on, can this not go any faster? And so like we want God to answer in the exact same way. I think sometimes we get frustrated because there's not a set way of, okay, if I pray this way, God is going to answer it just the way I want. And so that can be difficult. And so sometimes we don't pray. I think sometimes we don't pray because we've never been taught. Like, no one sat down with us and showed us this is how to pray. Or if they did, prayer is one of those things that you learn by doing it again and again, and we've never actually done it again and again. And I think one reason that sometimes we don't pray, especially out loud, is because we don't want other people to judge us. and We don't want to do it wrong. And so instead, we choose just not to do it. 
You know what I think about uh, something that I learned in school? Maybe you've heard of it, you know, Pavlov's dogs. Maybe you've heard that. And what they did is there was this study that came out and they, they understood this thing called classical conditioning. That basically when I do certain things, it's going to cause someone else to do something. And so they learned with these dogs that when they came in, that certain foods and such were going to cause the dogs to salivate more than other foods. And so that has been taken in so many different ways. And so, okay, I ring this bell and I can train the mice to do this. Or, you know, I can do this with my kids and they're going to learn this is what needs to happen. Or whenever we go to like a band concert or a choir concert or a theater production, the natural response is we go to Brahms afterwards. And there's these classical conditioning things that happen just because we're trained that way. And I think as Christians, we've actually been classically conditioned because there's this little muscle in the back of our neck that whenever we hear the words, who wants to pray for us? Like it automatically kicks in and like you look down. Like... I see it with students, I see it with adults, and so I hear it, boom, that's what happens. And you know what, no eye contact, I'm looking like I'm in the prayer stance, so we've been classically conditioned. But really, I think the reason is because we don't want other people to judge us, and we don't want to do it wrong, and actually that fear has won out. And when I look at Scripture, the only wrong way to pray is not to mean what you say. Like when I'm saying certain words to look good in front of other people, or I'm saying certain words just to look good in front of God, like he's like, yeah, you've already received your reward in full. But every other time, like you're right. There's all sorts of different times of day that people pray in the Bible, different postures that they take. There are different words that they use. And so over and over and over again, I see that the only wrong way to pray is not to mean it. And so I don't have to use fancy words. I can stumble over them and God still hears my heart, and he knows what I'm saying. So if I'm taking this whole armor thing and realizing you and I, we're called to pray. As Christian soldiers, we're called to pray that there is power and it brings us close to him, then we need to pray. And so part of our boot camp this morning is we're going to pray. We're going to spend time doing this exact thing. And I know some of you automatically, (gasps) okay, guess what? It's step one of basic training for you. We're going to spend time talking with God, helping us to get over this fear that we can connect with Him. And so here's what's going to happen. Some of you are like, I'm never coming back today or ever again. I'm going to encourage you, if you're here with a family or you're even sitting amongst friends, that you're going to pray with them. If you're here by yourself, I'd encourage you to look for someone saying, hey, can I come with you? However, disclaimer, if anyone says no, don't take offense to that, okay? Like, I really don't want you to take offense to that. But here's what I want. I want us to pray, and I want us to pray out loud. Because even there, okay, I can pray in my mind, but like there's this security, this little bit of safety net there. I want us just to simply talk to God, okay? And so what's going to happen here is we're going to have three different slides. Each of them are going to be up there for two to three minutes, and they're each going to have a different background. So there's no noise that's going to happen as far as, oh, there's a new slide. And I want you to simply pray to God because there's power in it. And so these things are guidelines. You don't have to only pray for those, but I want you to spend time just lifting these things up to him. And then when we get done with that, we'll come back together. But I want you to spend time just, God, here's where I'm at, okay? So I'm gonna give you a few seconds. You can get together. You can even look at the person next to you and say, I'm not gonna judge you based on your prayer, okay? Like if that's what you need to do, I'm totally okay with that. But even if you're by yourself, I'm gonna encourage you, pray out loud right where you're at, okay? And so... Up here on the screen, we're going to pray in just a second. Let me start, and we're just going to spend time praying. God, I just thank you um, that you are commander, that we can come to you in everything. And so we're offering up all sorts of prayers and petitions because you're the one that can do something about it. So God, just help us as we connect with you during this time.
Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. And uh, it's a blessing to be able to connect with you and to know that you're the one that has ability to do all things. And so, man, continue to strengthen us in this fight and help us to stand firm as you've called us to. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So you did it. I don't know if that was terrifying or not. But my encouragement would be, don't stop there. Continue to lift up prayers on all kinds of occasions and all sorts of prayers to the one who listens, to the one who can do something about it and pray in belief and then continue to look and see what he does and answers those because he proves himself faithful again and again and again. And so we're going to continue on with our service and we're going to have some people at the decision points. If there's some things that you just need prayer for or if even just connecting with Jesus, you're like, I need him in a real way in my life that I've never allowed, then I'd encourage you to go there. But we're going to continue our prayer through song, simply saying, God, I need you. And so will you guys stand, and if you have a decision or prayer, make your way to the decision point.